0: And now, back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: All right, back to the conversation. Again, to get more information about this campaign, you can log on. Simply go to TooManyAborted.com. At one detail, make it easier for you with specifics about the Oakland campaign, forward slash CA for California. So, 2-T-O-O, com forward slash CA, and that'll take you right there. Let's get back to more of your calls in the city of Oakland. Prima, good evening. You're on KFAX with Reverend Walter Hoy. Good
2: evening. Hi, Walter. Hi, Lori. This is Prima. Hey, hey, how you how
1: are you doing? I saw I saw your name come up and I says, Uh oh. That 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 got her fired up. <laughs> and you heard the previous call. <laughs> That's right. Hey, listen, I just first of all wanna
2: just congratulate um. Uh, Walter and Lori, for the, the billboards are absolutely breathtaking and they, the message is so clear. And so I'm just so proud of them and, and, and just, you know, kudos to you for, for, for doing this. But I just want to say that, you know, I, I just want to give my message and the message I never hesitate to give to anyone, any woman that I can talk to is that abortion stays with you. Um, I don't care how long it's been that you've had the abortion. You're going to know about that. The Lord is going to bring that to you. And I've heard that from Christ- women who are not Christians. That, the fact that you've had that abortion will stay with you forever. And so, but I just want to say that, you know, there are programs for women who have aborted their children and, you know, who, who, who can come to understand that the Lord does forgive. And out of some of those classes come some of the strongest, pro-life woman, I am so excited that one of the women who graduated from my class that I have, um, and I'll mention that later, is now, the Lord has touched her heart, and she is now going to be having the same class at her church, and I'm going to be training her um, for next year, and so I'm really excited about that um, That uh, the ministry that I lead is Jehovah Rafa Ministry for Post-Abortive Women, and it's at Neighborhood Church. So just wanted to say that. Uh, God bless you, Walter and Lori, and you too, Craig.
1: Well, thank you so um, much, uh, dear. Good to hear from you tonight. I'm, I'm glad they got you riled up to, <laughs> to call in <them> this <laughs> evening. I
2: stay riled up when it comes to pro-life. I know. Amen. We
1: sure appreciate your example out there. Thanks for the call. Uh, Prima. Take care now. Uh, Walter, tell me about how this campaign has been received right now. I mean, it's interesting because if you look at the billboard, and again, folks can see samples of it on the web, too many aborted.com forward slash CA. I mean, this can be a great self-esteem campaign at a lot of levels. It speaks truth at that level, and certainly to the issue of abortion. What kind of feedback are you getting from the community so far on something like
3: this? Well, um, it's, it's interesting. I'm getting feedback from both sides. Um, there, there are folks that have called and, and, mm-hmm. and literally just wanted me to tell them every location so they could um, uh, graffiti the billboard or something mm-hmm. like that. So some very negative uh, feedback has has come from that um, the campaign. Then on the other hand. Uh, The phones are just ringing off the the hook. The the media is calling. The community is calling. And they're congratulating us on the way we're doing it. They like the black and beautiful theme. Uh, They like the the beautiful child on there. And then the message is really quite clear. Just too many aborted. And when they actually open up the website and take a look at the sheer numbers, uh, many of them are are stunned. Uh, One of the the big comments we get is that many folk didn't realize that over 80 1,000 of the 214,000 abortions in the state of California are medical cal abortions. And so now we're talking about 30 the the 50 million dollars you know, of our tax dollars being used for abortion. That's just something that just no one is talking about. So when they look at our website, they take a look at all the information there. They're just astounded at what's really going on.
1: You and I have talked um, on the program here in the past about the, this wonderful um, documentary film that was done a couple of years ago, uh, Mafa 21. Is there a link to that site through your portal?
3: Uh, no, but matter of fact, I, I'll have to put one on there. Uh, we, we've got a brand new link on our website, tomeaboard.com forward slash CA. If you go to that website, uh, the National Black Pro-Life Coalition has got a brand new video that we're releasing for Juneteenth. Uh, it's it's a tremendous three-minute clip, and we want to encourage everyone to watch that and, and leave some comments on that. Mafa 21 is by far, uh, one of the most important documentaries you, you've ever seen, uh, Mark Crutcher is a very good friend of mine, and you'll find that this is a definitive uh, a documentary on abortion itself. It answers the question, why d- does abortion even exist in America? Who thought it was a good idea to begin with? And when you understand the origins of abortion... Uh, you're much more connected with our campaign.
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I, and I think to understand some of the, the connection with things like, um, in terms that folks might not even know anymore, that, that were popular, you know, 80 years ago, Science of Eugenics, Mar- Margaret Sanger. Absolutely. Uh, uh, if if you give a listen to, uh, or read rather, some of her writings and the positions that she's took uh, going back to uh, the 1920s, uh, the, the racist thread is strong it is obvious it is irrefutable and then to look at this big picture that you know the whole science of eugenics coming out of uh, um um, darwinism and the survival of the fittest i mean you know margaret sanger was looked up to as a a you know um, a leader and uh, and and certainly cutting edge by the likes of adolf hitler (laughs) yeah, <laughs> who looked exactly. at that and said, you know, that fits into mm-hmm. my racist designs against the Jewish population quite nicely. Well, here in the United States, it's flipped, and instead of attacking Jews, we're attacking black Americans. And it's been that way since uh, the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And again, getting a look at the truth behind all of that uh, can be seen in that documentary to which we refer. Uh, if you just Google, I'll make it easy for you, Google M-A-A-F-A, Maffa. Twenty-one. Somebody called me last time we talked about it and said mafia. I don't understand the connection. No. No. It's MAFA. M A A F A. Mafia. Twenty-one. <coughs> Google it and that'll take you there. Yeah. Um, this campaign will continue for how long and where does it go next, Walter?
3: Well, uh, this campaign uh, really started uh, earlier uh, this month, uh, around I believe the sixth. Right. And then it'll 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 travel all the way through uh, July tenth. Okay. Uh, and then any designs and what?
1: city what community to take it to next or can you talk about that
3: i can't talk about the city specifically but we are getting requests to bring it to almost every city in the in the state uh so we're going to sit down together and decide what which city we're going to take it to next
1: i'm in radio i know what billboards cost i know that they don't give them away uh
3: that said no you know you would.
1: You would hope that there would be people that would get a, a burden on their heart for something like this and and to recognize what an effective tool that this can be in speaking truth on the topic of not just what's happening with, with abortion, but in specific what's happening with abortion as it relates to the African-American community. If somebody out there says, you know, Walter, I want to get involved here in a tangible way, um... Uh, they want to write a check or get more information about what you do and be able to donate. I understand that they can do that through your
3: primary ministry website, yes. which is Issues, the number four, life.org. Is that correct? That's correct. That's Issues, and that's plural. Issues, the number four, life, L I F E. Dot org And just click on the donation button uh, there. You can give online there. You'll find the address to mail the check to. And believe me, um, I can promise you that every cent that, that you give us will be used for ministry.
1: And uh, again, uh, fully tax deductible when you do that. So if God's put a burden on your heart and you want to stand with this educational campaign uh, going on through July in the city of Oakland, uh, or to help put some seed money available to other communities, since the scourge of abortion is hitting the black community in major uh, population centers all across the country, then uh, again, check out the website, check out the billboard online, too many aborted.com forward slash CA. That's T O O, too many aborted dot com forward slash CA and to get involved, to volunteer, to write a check and donate and support what Walter is doing online at issues, plural, issues the number four life, L I F E dot O R G. Walter, some closing thoughts.
3: Well, I, I, I'd like for us to consider the fact uh, that our black children, well, all children are precious and that our, our future is really in our children. And when we we consider we've lost 15 million children, uh, that should break the heart of everyone listening uh, to us. And then when you can think about over 50 million overall, all the lives that have been lost since 1973, we've got to come to the conclusion that abortion must end, and it must end in our lifetime.
1: And there has to be psychologically, emotionally, certainly spiritually, the understanding here of the tie, the tie that exists between the way, in particular, young black men view themselves today and the message that's being sent by abortion. Uh, I'm of no value. I'm of no worth. Look at how many in my community are being disposed of uh, staggering. staggering numbers. It is. And is it any wonder that, that there's no hesitation when it comes to, to violence and the rage, <coughs> pardon me, that boils below the surface behind all of this?
3: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I was standing in front of a, an abortion clinic uh, in downtown Oakland, and uh, the, the husband or the, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, uh, drove up. The girlfriend said she just wanted to go ahead and go to the clinic. Uh, she did, so I stopped and talked to the individual, to the brother. The brother told me he was 26-year-old, had his first kid when he was 16. This is 10 years now. He says that between 16 and 26, he's lost six. He's had 16 uh, children, and only 14 of the 16 children were um, alive, or, or aborted, rather, have been aborted. So only, only two
1: survived. Only the two 16.
3: survived. And of the two that survived... Uh, they, Their mothers had applied a restraining order against him, mm-hmm. and he told me he was no longer a man. He didn't consider himself to be a man. He was completely broken. His life was completely shattered, and at that point, we began to minister to him right there on the sidewalk. This has a tremendous impact on men. And so we encourage men and women, everyone needs to get involved, need to learn the truth, and find the hope, the health, and the healing that's available in Christ's arms. Amen.
1: Walter, thank you for joining us again. Lori, is always, good to see you, too. Again, more information on the web, too manyaborted.com forward slash CA.
0: And now, back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We got to see
3: the wizard,
2: the wonderful wizard of ours. we hear. If ever a wizard was, if ever, oh, ever a wizard was, the wizard of ours is one because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. We're off to see the wizard, the
1: wonderful wizard of <laughs> All Right, well, the boys in the back room having a bit of uh, fun again at my expense today, but that's okay because that introductory music, I think, is. Uh, not only reminiscent of many of our childhoods, but apropos for the introduction of my next guest, who in his latest book, Gents with No Sense, in fact kind of pulls back the curtain on that magical wizard. The new book, A Lighthearted Look at what is a serious topic, and yet this notion that so often there are these experts, there are the gurus on Wall Street and in the White House and in Congress who understand every nuance, every detail. Hell Hellbern- Bernanke, are you listening? of what the economy is doing and how the ebb and flow of money goes. And all you have to do is listen to their sage advice and everything will be all right. How many of them didn't have a clue as to what was coming in August and September of 2008? Pulling back the curtain on the proverbial money wizards of Wall Street, Ron DeLegge has a new book out called Gents With No Sense, a closer look at Wall Street, its customers, financial regulators, and the media. Ron, great to have you on the show. Craig,
4: thanks for that delightful introduction.
1: Your uh, your book is kind of different than most on this topic. Most, when we talk about books related to money, money management, finance, and and so forth, are are very studious and serious. You spend a lot of time talking about the charts and Fibonacci and the candlesticks and what the markets are doing today. You kind of bust through a lot of the nonsense with this, even though you come to the topic as an investment banker, uh, host of a nationally syndicated radio program, Index Investing Show, and author of this new book. You're just kind of kind of blowing all the out of the water for us, Ron. <laughs>
4: well, well, you know, Wall Street is a place, it's been said that on one end is it's a cemetery and on the other end it's a river. And what Gents with No Sense is all about is the kindergarten in between. And mm. that's what I really wanted to, to, to hit on with this particular book, Gents with No Sense. And the thing about it is that so much blame has been tossed at Wall Street, rightly so, but at the same time, What about the failed regulation of Wall Street? What about the customers that took Wall Street's advice? I mean, don't they share in some of the blame in all of this? I mean, if someone suggested to you that jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge was prudent,
1: Who's more insane, the person who suggested it or the person who acted on that advice? Well, and let, let's start with that point. One big name that's come out of all of this, not necessarily directly associated with the, the downward spiral of the market since uh, 2008 with all the uh, derivatives and whatnot, but, but in kind of the poster child for the bigger problem of Wall Street today that you touch on inside the pages of Gents With No Sense, and that's a guy like Bernie Madoff. Now, you look at his life and think, my goodness, this guy made off, no pun intended, with $65 billion. And they're talking about how evil he was and how terrible this, this uh, Ponzi scheme was. And yet you've got to stop for a moment and say, now, wait a minute. Most of his investors were learned. Worldly, educated individuals that never stop to think that Bernie returning 10 15 20% on the dollar, that that just didn't have a little bit of a ring of too good to be true to it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I have uh, highlighted many times that uh, he is the new standard of financial perversion. In fact, I think it's actually slander to be calling what he did a Ponzi scheme. Because actually, the historical comparisons between Madoff and Ponzi... Uh, are quite quite opposite. Ponzi was never an insider, like Madoff. I mean, Madoff was a uh, the chairman of the Nasdaq Stock Exchange. Ponzi Ponzi was always an outsider, and he was always trying to prove himself as uh, as a, a financier. But B- Madoff, the difference between him is he already had the credentials, and it was really in many respects uh, an inside job. You know, Ponzi went after the masses. Anybody who'd give him money, they even took out ads in the newspaper promising 45% returns within a matter of months. Whereas Madoff was very secretive about his his, his investment uh, his investment scam, and he targeted just rich people. And like you had mentioned, there uh, the smart money that later turned out to be not so smart, but pretty dumb.
1: You know it's interesting, Ron, because in the days and months following these events, the unveiling of what had been going on with with Madoff, seeing what was going on with the derivatives and the way that they were being repackaged, and, and essentially uh, many of these big banks, Lehman Brothers included, betting on the notion that things would go down, that a lot of the uh, the the paper that was supporting these loans was nothing, you know, not even worth the, the paper that, that it was written on, uh, so to speak, and, and there were cries for off with their heads. We need congressional investigations, and then. All of that just kind of quietly petered out, and we've sort of gone back to business as usual, as if to say that what, maybe some figured out that, uh, well, yeah, there were some bad things that Wall Street did, and a lot of culpability uh, in Washington, D.C., as well. That, you know, in the old adage, it takes two to tango, and a lot of these investors that just blindly turned their money over to advisors, be it you know a local guy or somebody as big as, as Bernie Madoff, and just said, okay, you do the rest. And, and they really took no culpability for their own uh, lack of due diligence, did they?
4: Absolutely not, and this goes back to the individual investor, the prudent man rule, to, to read not just the disclosures, but also to do some tire-kicking, and not to be so gullible when it comes to the investment process, you know asking questions you know if you're working with an individual advisor you know taking this to the individual level make sure that person first of all is registered uh, properly with either the state or a federal a federal regulator like the securities exchange commission that they have the proper credentials the proper licenses that they haven't had any prior disciplinary history or problems i mean these are things that people can do on their own if you go to sec.gov for example I mean, that's the Securities Exchange's website. and Type in that, that advisor's name or their firm. I mean, you can do a quick background check. And these are just the initial steps that a person should be taking. It's, it, you know, that they're, they're something that all of us should really be doing, even if we're working with an existing advisor, just to make sure that the people that we've turned loose our money to, you know, aren't, aren't going to be the next Madoff.
1: Your new book, Ron, Gents with No Sense, I mean, demonstrates, I think, um, not only how adept you are at understanding the markets and money and and how we kind of got to the mess we're in these days, but then, too, uh, you seem to be sort of a student of people. And I have to wonder, toward that end, um, is a lot of this really at the core uh, been driven by some of the old things that that always have driven the markets, fear and greed?
4: They have. But in between fear and greed, there's a lot of madness. And actually, in chapter one of the chapters I talk about customers that venturesome bunch, and and all of the types when I was in the business giving people investment advice, these are some of the types of customers that I actually had encountered in my own business. I've got the, for example, the gambling geezers. Those are the types of people that you meet at the local store. They're the elderly folk that hold up the line because they want to buy lottery ticket numbers mm-hmm. that match the birthdays of their eighteen children. Well. They've got investments, the gambling geezers that many times are way more risky than folks their age should have. You've got the day traders who uh, of course uh, aren't very good at listening to advice. Then you've got the conspiracy boobs. You know, anything that bad that happens to them and their investments and their money, it's because of uh, well, they're never at fault themselves. It's always someone else. They're always point finger pointing. And then you've got uh, the radical conservatives. I love those types. Uh, anyone who gets motion sickness from standing still. You know, typically typically going to the bank and buying a certificate of, the, of, of, of a certificate of the deposit or as I call it a certificate of pr- depression freaks them out because it's just for the radical conservative it's, it's a scary move you know anything they do is scary so these are just some of the, the mental disabilities that affect investors all of us including me including me we are as long as we're you're human. We're subject to the emotions, of the ups and downs of the stock market, the ups and downs of the economy. And, and that's why it's important to get a grip of yourself and to have a plan that, that removes some of that emotional element so that you don't blow up.
1: And at the end of the day, as you point out in an aptly so, Ron, there's a lot of culpability to go all the way around. It's not the just yes. There had been reports to FINRA and the Security Exchange Commission going back months, years on Bernard Madoff. They choose to look the other way. He was the former head of FINRA, by the way, at one point. Since he helped write a lot of the rules, you figured this guy would be smart enough to know how to avoid some of them and uh, And then you've got folks that blame certainly what's going on with deregulation on Wall Street. I always laugh when we get the likes of uh, uh Barney Frank and Chris Dodd out there post uh fall of two thousand and eight, pounding the gavel during one of their committee uh, hearings. Oh are we going to get to the bottom of this? You know Meanwhile, a lot of the regulation that came out of. The last really big crash that we experienced back in 1929 and things like the Glass Siegel Act and others that were protections in there, uh, that, 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 that forced a level of due diligence. Well, these are the guys that, that unwrote all of those laws. Now they're going to come back and say, we're here to fix it. You're going to fix the problem that you helped create. And then, of course, as Ron points out in the book, a lot of culpability to, to the end investors that, frankly, through fear, at sometimes greed, uh, got themselves into deals that just, You know the old adage, if it seems to be too good to be true, it probably is. Somebody walks in and guarantees you 20% return on the dollar and guarantees there's no risk. Don't walk away, run away. A look today at gents with no sense, a closer look at Wall Street, its customers, that'd be you and me, financial regulators, and of course, the media. I guess that would not be you, that would just be me. This lifeline continues. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the program. Greg Roberts, along with best-selling author, nationally syndicated talk show host, Ron DeLegge, host of the Index Investing Show. By the way, you can check him out online. Check out a couple of things. you got a newsletter. You can find that at ETFguide.com. That's ETF, think of exchange, traded fund, ETFguide.com, or online at indexshow.com. His new book, Gents with No Sense, A Closer Look at Wall Street, its customers, financial regulators, and moi, the media. Uh, Ron, you know, we often hear the old adage, numbers don't lie. But then I'm seeing the reporting coming out today uh, on Barclays Bank, and it turns out that the, the real big liners liars, I guess, at the end of the day isn't the numbers, it's just the people reporting them. <laughs>
4: Absolutely, yeah. Maybe the trouble, and I mentioned this in, in Chapter 2, the office scene, that maybe the trouble with accountants and accounting and their numbers is not a mathematical problem, but a one of linguistics. At this point, the subject of math should be probably passed over to the English teachers because when you look at the word accountant, if we just dissect that word, it's actually derived from two root words one, to count, and then to, the word ant. So put another way, the word accountant literally translates as to count very little. So mathematically speaking, here's the equation accountant plus accountant accounting equals little counting. Mm -hmm. And I know that doesn't sound right because it goes against everything we've been told about accountants and their numbers, but when you see time after time the numbers being fudged, I mean, how does a company beat analyst estimates by a penny for 32 straight quarters? How does something like that happen? Yet it happens all the time. It's because of the fact that, uh, you know, accountants... Equals account little
1: very little counting. Well, you know, like we say, numbers don't lie; just the people who report them. I mentioned about Ken Lay, what happened with Enron, and the fact that there was a lot of uh, fancy footwork going on in their bookkeeping there. So much so that at the end of the day, Arthur Anderson ended up losing the, uh, both its image and ultimately the, the the company behind it because of such. And here we are, uh, not a scant decade and a half later, and a lot of the the, the fudging going on with then their mark to market of evaluating the company and, and somehow liabilities showing up on the, the assets column and so forth, here's Barclays Bank. They're in there cooking the books as well.
4: Absolutely. And it goes back to what you mentioned earlier in the program, regulation, the lack of regulation. And look at who's been regulating the entire financial market. You look at all these people who are, are the chairmen of these, these regulatory organizations. They're all ex-Wall Street people or ex-industry people with strong ties and strong alliances, in some cases, sadly, stronger to the very financial industry that they're supposedly regulating, versus protecting the investing public.
1: Is this come down to the fox guarding the proverbial henhouse? Then
4: it could be. <laughs> It certainly
1: looks like that. <laughs> and, and certainly, again, with the numbers. I mean, and, and folks, you're going to enjoy the book because Ron dispels a lot of the, the mystic behind all of this. As we said earlier, he, he pulls back the curtain on the wizard to find out that uh, the wizard, not much unlike the emperor, certainly has no clothes. Here's a quote from the book, Gents With No Sense, uh, page 28, The Office Scene. A day at the office with Fibonacci. Corporate accounting should be a matter of simple addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. But the General Accepted Accountant Principles disallows a straightforward process. For this reason, there are various accounting examples and methods that we'll need to examine. Some of the examples of popular bean counting strategies include aggressive accounting, creative accounting, cooking the books, and finally shredding the books. I think some of which uh, about everybody on Wall Street has had some responsibility of doing it. And, and, and the irony is, I mean, if this isn't just simple math, is it? It's kind of as if they, they they go to the big boss and say, what kind of an outcome do you want? And then the boss gives them an answer, and then they go back now to the calculators and the ledgers and the spreadsheets, and they, and they manipulate things to come up with the, the predetermined answer.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and look at, for example, the Stock Act that Congress uh, just recently passed. Obama signed it into to law back in April. It was supposed to prevent uh, members of Congress from trading stocks based upon non-public information that they obtain in their dealings with business leaders. But this, this is, they've been talking about this going back to 2006. Why did they have to pass something that already existed, something that they already shouldn't be participating in? And we have people on Wall Street, and this, this, is, this is where the irony comes in. People on Wall Street that are going to jail, like, for example, Gupta. Gupta was sentenced uh, ex-Goldman Sachs uh, director mm-hmm. for passing on insider information. The exact same thing that he did, Henry Paulson did, back in 2008 when he was acting as the ex uh, or acting as the treasury secretary at that time he's the ex treasury secretary today but in 2008 he tipped off hedge funds about fannie mae's rescue while he was serving as the us treasury secretary and his hedge fund pals made billions in profits that type of unethical conduct and this may surprise many of your listeners that type of unethical conduct even with the new and improved stock act is still
1: Legal. Well, here's something, Ron, I don't understand. Maybe you can uh, pull back the curtain on this one, too. We looked at uh, historically what's transpired 2008. We started to see real estate markets in some parts of the country, like ours here in California, begin to go soft. We know that certainly by the fall of 2008, everything began to unravel. We move into the bailouts. We had, of course, uh, the big tarp fund, that scene of Mr. Paulson on bended knee in front of Nancy Pelosi in the halls of Congress begging her. Uh, Please, Mrs. Speaker, pass this bailout measure. And then we track the personal incomes and net worth of members of Congress 2008, 2009, 2010. And while most of the country, for those that were in, you know, fairly average portfolios on Wall Street, took a 30 percent haircut, these guys are seeing significant increases in the worth of their portfolios. Of course, they're in the hearings, before things are announced publicly as to what's going to happen with Lehman Brothers and Merrill Lynch and all the rest, and then they benefit from all of this personally, we find out that they are they are exempt from any insider trading laws, so they get off scot free meanwhile. Meanwhile, here's little Martha Stewart, <laughs> busy folding the cocktail napkins and whatnot, and showing you how to make birds out of, uh, you know, tablecloths for your next party. Uh, she ends up spending some time uh, under arrest, jail, and uh, and pays some pretty significant fines, all because she bit, uh, did a bit of insider trading and didn't even make money on it. She just saved herself from a loss. Is there something wrong with that picture?
4: Yeah. Well, the problem is very easy here. Let me explain to the audience what's happened here is there are rules and laws against insider trading, but there are no rules or laws against being an inside tra- trader. Mm. And I spell that T-R-A-I-T-O-R. Uh-huh. So that's what we got. We got a bunch of inside traders who are inside trading. So there are no rules and laws for the members of Congress to be inside traders, and they can inside trade all day long.
1: Phenomenal. If you've just joined our conversation tonight, Author, nationally syndicated talk show host, Ron DeLegge. A look at gents with no sense. When we come back, we're going to have Ron pull the curtain back a little bit further as he uh, attempts to answer the question, okay, what does all of this mean for you and me? We know there are a lot of inside traders. We also know that while the numbers don't lie, just the people who report them. Uh, and we've seen, you know, my goodness, 100-year-plus institutions like Lehman Brothers, just be, you know, driven into Bolivian by, uh, Bolivian by its leadership overnight, which has always led me to believe that perhaps uh, some of those leaders should be instituted for hundreds of years. But at any rate, we're going to ask Ron, okay, what do we do then? How do we make a little bit of money, preserve some capital, and uh, protect ourselves when all this nonsense is going on around us? Some insights as we continue with author and talk show host, Ron DeLudgey. Gents with no sense, as Lifeline continues...
0: And now, back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: Back to the conversation. Ron DeLegge with us tonight on this edition of Lifeline. A look at his new book, Gents With No Sense. Hey, Ron, before we get any further, if folks would like to pick up a copy of your new book, I would suspect a lot of the usual suspects, Amazon.com. Can they order it, too, through your website?
4: No, we just sell the book through Amazon.com. They can get an ebook version uh, for $2.99. We also have a, f- a physical print copy, which, uh, which has wonderful illustrations. I, I should mention that uh, the-, the cartoonist that I hired, Dave Clegg, he did an amazing job. So, uh, What you don't get in words, you get in beautiful cartoon images. And we also are on Facebook. Look up Gents with No Sense and like our page.
1: And you know what's cool about this book, or the benefit of listeners, this is not the typical stodgy, analytical, heavy-duty, oh my goodness, you know, I have insomnia tonight, I think I'll read a a chapter in the book. Uh, it, it it pulls back the curtain on what's going on in the world of money in a very lighthearted fashion, a very educational fashion. If you're looking for some great summer reading to take along, walk away with, with both an education and enjoy it at the same time, which you can't do with a lot of books, get yourself a copy of Ron's book, Gents With No Sense. All right, Ron, let's break it down here. Early on in the book, you talk about Wall Street. You say it's somewhere between lunacy and adolescence. Folks out there are saying, okay, we have been ripped off. We have... Uh, hung on to our stocks because the advisor said so and rode them all the way down. Now we're just trying to cross the line to retirement, be able to maybe help our kids, educate our grandchildren, just the basic stuff. And, like, based on all this turmoil going on in the world of money and money management and the markets in Europe and the euro and so forth, what are folks to do?
4: Be a good saver. Be a good saver because of the fact that uh, these programs that the government has, like social insecurity especially for the younger generation anybody under age 45 you are going to be responsible for your retirement future and you cannot rely on the government to support you into your old age so be a good saver spend less than you make be thrifty don't be don't be cheap without uh, being smart uh, because uh, you don't always get what you pay for sometimes you pay for what you get but also have a financial plan that's realistic and that matches you don't take too much risk uh, that goes beyond your own level of risk tolerance. If you're a conservative investor, you shouldn't have risky or volatile investments like IPOs and hedge funds and all kinds of uh, things like that. So keep it simple. And I always like to tell people to start with low-cost index funds or index ETFs uh, that cover a diversi- diversi- diversified portfolio of various assets stocks, bonds, cash, commodities, and start there and leave the stock picking and the day trading and the complicated investment investing, leave that for your money that you can afford to lose. Your real serious money, just index it to the market.
1: Some folks uh, in the ensuing paranoia, and we've seen this uh, evidenced by what's going on with the tremendous run-up in the value of gold, have wanted to kind of stick their money in commodities and and think that that's going to be a real secure safe haven. What about that?
4: Yeah, gold is an interesting asset class that a lot of people don't understand. Uh, One of the things that I would say, one of the huge disadvantages of gold, first of all, it's taxed at a higher rate. Uh, The capital gains tax for gold is 28%, which is much higher. Than long-term capital gains on other types of assets, that's the first strike. The other strike is gold generates no income, and I, I it bothers me to see so many elderly folks, people that are close to retirement or already in retirement, that are income-oriented. That's their main, that's their main goal, and they're piling into gold. They've got a substantial part of their money invested in gold, an asset which generates zero income.
1: Don't the uh, the brokers that are selling this stuff uh, to you and for you also make a fair amount of money too?
4: Absolutely. That's that's uh, especially the physical the physical coins and the physical gold trinkets that they're selling. Uh, the spreads uh, of what they make versus the spot price of gold itself you're looking at some wide margins. And, and uh, you know they're 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 entitled to make profits, but sometimes those profits come at the, the huge expense to you, the investor.
1: I know your new book is a, 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 although lighthearted, is a serious-hearted attempt at helping educate people as to what really goes on in the world of money. But I'm curious. I mean, Ron, you've got the background. You've been an investment banker. You're hosting your own radio show. Uh, you're an expert in the arena of ETFs or exchange-traded funds. You understand the world of in- indexing and so forth. But where do you go to find your insights, given the noise and the din that's out there? And, you know, you can turn to one channel or one Web page and be told the markets are heading this way. And two seconds later, somebody else who seems to have the equal degree of of uh, uh, expertise uh, and experience behind them tell you exactly the opposite when when there's such din and noise out there and you know uh, the most serious person on television seems to be kramer (laughs) who do you turn to 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 get a sense of of advice that you can rely on
4: well i think that's where the indexing comes in you follow the market indexes because over time most of these money managers and most of these talking heads have been unable to consistently outperform low-cost stock market indexes, bond indexes, commodity indexes, on and on. And so if you build your investment portfolio on that foundation, you've got a very strong foundation. You've got low expenses. That's where you begin. You have to at some point tune out the noise and and focus on your goals because we can't control what happens in the economy. We cannot control what happens in the stock market, but what we can control is our financial plan how we allocate our investments, and the types of fees that we're paying and how much risk we're taking. So
1: invest with your head, not your heart.
4: Absolutely. Take out the emotion and, and focus on concrete, realistic goals that are achievable not so, high in the sky goals
1: so when everybody starts to get the shakes because oh my oh my uh, facebook is going public and i'm going to buy a couple of shares make a million dollars sell them and you know move to the bahamas and then huh, we all know how well that went don't
4: follow the herd that's another thing the herd is almost always wrong about anything and everything that they do and if you want to be part of that group we'll expect to lose big time
1: yeah well and the herd as we know sometimes it just leads you right over the edge of the cliff won't they? <laughs>
4: And it's never a delightful ending when that happens.
1: It, it really is, and it, it, it's not pretty at all. Finally, some of these big corporations, Ron, we've seen, you know, even Washington, D.C., let's face it. They come out and they say, oh, aren't we thrilled we came in, we bailed out General Motors, we saved the company. Look at how well they're doing. And then while the company is being praised by uh, its new president, uh, <laughs> who also is president of the United States, coincidentally, uh-huh. we find out that they're facing 134 Billion dollars, B, billion dollars in unfunded pension obligations. Are there some big warnings that we need to be heeding in that, too?
4: Do, do people still have pensions? I mean, pensions, it's like an ancient thing. I mean, how many people have pensions anymore? Most companies have long ago, long ago abandoned pensions and shifted to 401k. Prices.
1: And those who didn't should have.
4: Exactly. And, you know, really this began with the Pension Destruction Act of 2006, uh, which, which was really intended... To um, try to modernize the whole pension system, what it did was blew it up. But yeah, it's a problem for sure. In fact, um, I, I can't remember who it was, but uh, it was some of these companies and and, and one company, and I, like I said, I can't remember who it was, but they're starting to cash out uh, pension participants early because of the fact that they they don't want to have those obligations anymore. So I would say, if you have a pension at any of these companies, you long ago retired, and uh, you know before you. Annuitize that pension or before you start taking payouts or decide how you can take those payouts, you might want to think about taking a lump sum of money so that so as to avoid some of these uh, these types of
1: risks. Yeah, we we used to worry about, you know, outliving our pension. Now we have to or the other way around, you know, now we have to worry about whether or not my pension will last a year or two into my retirement. It's uh, it's amazing. Stuff. And how
4: many companies too we've seen like uh, for example, Kodak uh, is one such company and companies that are that were blue chip, maybe when you retired they were blue chip, but if you've been retired 10 15 years, the industry is constantly changing. So uh, that's that's a, a a big consideration is is you know the viability of that company going forward. Maybe when you worked there it was a viable company, but maybe ten or fifteen years after you've retired, it turns into something
1: else Ron, I gotta wonder how many cars the general Motors have to sell in order to fund a hundred and thirty four billion dollars in unfunded pensions, and then still be able to turn a profit and keep its name up on the Dow 30. That's a lot of volts. It is an awful lot of volts, my friend, indeed. (laughs) Hey, you know, a lot of folks kind of are of the opinion that uh, during the summer months, uh, they're going to go on vacation and they'll worry about money when school's back in again and so forth. You might take a vacation. Your money doesn't, or at least it shouldn't. Maybe during the summer months here, well, you got some time and you're less in the frenzy of back to school and the holidays are coming soon and we have to take the kids to ballet and to soccer practice and so forth. Maybe you want to spend a little bit of time on the cruise on the beach or just in the backyard enjoying the nice Bay Area weather this summer Uh, going through Ron's new book. Again, it's called Gents with No Sense, a closer look at Wall Street, its customers, financial regulators, and the media. And the book, again, available through Amazon.com. And uh, you can get, to more information about Ron, his work, and his radio show online at indexshow.com. That's indexshow.com. And our uh, thanks to Ron DeLegge for being with us tonight. Ron, it's been a real delight. Love the new book, and uh, hope to get a chance to visit with you again soon. Thanks again, Craig. All right. Take care. And uh, don't be somebody with no sense at all. <laughs> be a gent with some sense, both types.